Welcome to NetSmart Care Threads, a podcast where human services and post-acute leaders across the healthcare continuum come together to discuss industry trends, challenges, and opportunities. Listen as we uncover real stories about how to innovate and improve the quality of care for the communities we serve. Let's get into the show. So good afternoon. Today on NetSmart Care Threads, this is Jennifer Sherman, and I'm joined by Kim Kranz, President of Catholic Home Care and Good Shepherd Hospice of Catholic Health Services in Long Island, New York. Kim, thank you for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure, Jen. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So your organization is taking care of over 1,000, actually 1,100 COVID-positive patients and are caring for 400 hospice patients who are COVID-positive. You've also kept a rehospitalization rate to less than 1% for the COVID patients you've served. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, the team has done a remarkable job. And, you know, we very quickly had to rise to the occasion as, as the largest post-acute provider on Long Island to make sure that we could help not only our hospital system, but all the hospitals across Long Island, Jen, in making sure that, you know, they would have capacity for the increased number of COVID patients coming in. So we worked very, very quickly with physicians and also working to make sure that patients were being seen as quickly as possible and really looked at where the gaps were throughout, like I said, the healthcare systems to identify what the needs would be based on, you know, based on their population and who they were serving. So, you know, what we found is that, of course, with, you know, the majority of the home health organizations across the country, the surgeries, you know, stopped. I mean, that was mandated in the state of New York through the Department of Health and, you know, through the executive orders of, of Cuomo, we saw they stopped. And so we saw the population shift, and we really tried to identify with the discharge planners where were the gaps, what was needed, what equipment was needed, and uh, like I said, just worked overnight to identify with the physicians, with the hospitalist, how we could safely discharge these patients home who were still very, very sick and combined home health care visits, physician telemedicine visits, and then uh, remote telehealth monitoring. Wow. That's a huge challenge, and I'm just so incredibly excited that you kept that to less than 1% for their rehospitalization rate. Can you share some of, I know you talked through a lot of the challenges, but what was your biggest challenge that you had to overcome in order to serve those patients? Never in my wildest dreams did I think that the lack of oxygen concentrators was going to be the holdup to discharging patients from the hospital. We saw that a lot of work was being done to make sure that there were enough ventilators. And so I think the companies were working on building more ventilators to make sure that the hospitals throughout New York City and Long Island that indeed, you know, there was enough ventilators and that increased utilization of ventilators. But I don't know if anybody thought about how many oxygen concentrators we were going to need for this patient population. And so that was the holdup, Jen. That was the greatest challenge. 
And that's where we really came in as a post-acute provider to say, let us work with our durable medical equipment companies. We literally got oxygen concentrators from other states who were not experiencing the pure volume of patients infected with the virus here in Metro New York, and literally, you know, got those concentrators over uh, here to where we needed. And even, you know, the, the durable medical equipment companies uh, came to our rescue once they secured more supplies, like I said, from other states. But we were all pulling. We were all pulling from the same, you know, the same supply chain. And of course, you know, I would be remiss to say that PPE, you know, wasn't a challenge. Of course it was. You know, the PPE was going to go to the hospitals first. And what we found is that through the uh, Department of Health OEM in the state of New York, along with incredible community donors that really came to our rescue to help us with personal protective equipment, that truly, truly helped. So family members who we have taken care of in the past, there was, you know, connections from relatives saying, you're always good to us, you know, you, you served my loved one on Good Shepherd Hospice, what can we do for you? And that's where, you know, we were able to reach out to community providers, even our nursing colleges and universities, even uh, the PA schools and nurse practitioner schools, that if there was any equipment around, lying around anywhere, the PPE, we got it. Oh, and and that great. truly, truly helped us. Oh, that's so fantastic. I love that teamwork or family behind your organization. So that is fantastic. So can you tell me, I know you started talking about this, but how has Catholic Home Care and Good Shepherd Hospice of Catholic Health Services, how have you provided such great care? I mean, you've obviously talked through some of your challenges, but that's one of the things that we've heard is the amazing care that you've provided. How did you maintain that? I think the first thing, Jen, when you have the unexpected occur is to work together with all of your employees. And the communication had to be, you know, the very first priority. And communicating with the staff who were afraid, we had to recognize that and really make sure that we could reassure them with CDC guidelines, the Department of Health guidelines, being on top of that seven days a week, you know, in the middle of the night, whenever information came out, we worked very fast to be able to get that communication to our teams. So to say that it took teamwork is truly an understatement. We worked with the managers, worked with the staff members, and the chief medical officer and each director within the program and myself communicated live with all of our employees, and we have over a thousand employees every single week, and gave them opportunity opportunities through Zoom calls and conference calls to call us, you know, with questions and to answer those questions live based on their concerns so that we could help them to help our patients and our families. So again, reassuring of the PPE, making sure that those practices were stellar and that they weren't just hearing from leadership, but they were hearing from physicians and 
specifically our chief medical officer, who did a fabulous job, Dr. Carrie M. Page, of keeping up to date with all the all the research and the healthcare practices that were coming through during the pandemic. That's fantastic. And I have to say, the nice thing is, it appears that the New York metro area has definitely gone down in numbers. But as you know, the rest of the country is starting to experience um, maybe an incline. So what advice do you have for the home health orgs who are in COVID hotspots or the hospice organizations today and are struggling with some of the things, same things you struggled with? Well, I think first making sure that you have the personal protective equipment. It may, you know, seem like it was uh, an easy feat for us, but it wasn't. And, uh, you know, every single day, you know, we had that count of inventory so we knew where we were and working together with the hospitals, working together with the assisted living facilities, the skilled nursing facilities, and our community donors utilizing the volunteers for masks. We had to make sure that that inventory was present, Jen, in order to send our staff out. We were not gonna send them out without making sure that they had the proper uh, protection, both for themselves and for the patients and families. We had to stay really close to the EMR and make sure that we were following the practices and, and making sure that we were screening every patient and family member prior to going in the home. So making sure we filled that information out in the demographics within NetSmart was so, so important so that they knew beforehand what they were walking into. It is critically important that you understand what the hospital staff are experiencing. We went to the inside, and that wasn't just because we're part of a six hospital system, but we also went to our partners at NYU and our partners at Stony Brook and said, what challenges are you facing so that we can help you? We found that palliative care and palliative medicine was of critical importance during the surge of COVID patients because critical conversations had occur had to occur with the most seriously elderly frail who also acquired the virus. So our palliative care teams, and we, we have a strong inpatient palliative care program that we run that Dr. Carrie Ann Page, our chief medical officer, runs. So we really tried to make sure that we were available and at the bedside with the clinicians, with the hospitalists, in our own CHS facilities, and then communicating with other palliative care teams to identify their challenges in the hospitals that we partner with but that are not necessarily our own. The other piece is to make sure you use as much telehealth or remote telehealth monitoring as you possibly can. We actually increased the number of units that we had available during the, the heat of, of the pandemic in making sure that we could be monitoring the patient's pulse ox multiple times a day. So, you know, the, the protocols and the practices that we had in place before didn't necessarily apply to the situation we were in because, again, it was critical not to have those patients go back to the hospital. And boy, haven't we learned, haven't we learned to change the way we practice 
some of our, our best practices and healthcare protocols with the seriously ill at home so that we can continue to re decrease that rehospitalization rate. Because after all, isn't that our job as home health providers? The other piece that we learned our lesson from is that we've got to make sure we are great stewards of partnering with our physicians. We're often in the situation where we only call the physician when there's a problem. And instead, we need them to be a part of that plan of care, part of that visit right in the beginning, making sure that if they can do a telemedicine visit, and even though the telemedicine visits are, are decreasing across the country, and I have been reading the literature about that, that shouldn't go away. That may be the easiest and the fastest way for a physician to identify where changes need to occur with that patient's health care. And we need to make sure that we partner with the physicians, that we're not out there on our own and expected to do everything. So again, I think partnering with the physicians, making sure that the physician visit post-discharged is within 48 to 72 hours. Again, that's a huge challenge across the United States with a shortage in primary medicine, but we should continue to try to work towards that and be part of that solution with our physician partners and, and with our healthcare systems. Wow, fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing your experiences and what you've done. Thank you, Kim, so much for your time. I think this information is going to really resonate with the rest of our organization and, and the rest of the industry. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time and appreciate our partnership. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. It was my pleasure. At NetSmart, we understand the challenges facing provider organizations. Our team will help you navigate changing value-based care models with solutions and services that make person-centered care a reality. We'll equip you with technology and services that provide holistic, real-time views of care histories that inform better decision-making and better outcomes. Visit us today at ntst.com. NetSmart, serving you so you can serve others. Thanks for listening to the NetSmart Care Threads podcast. Through collaboration and conversation, we can work together to make healthcare more connected than ever before and better support the communities we serve. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.